the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the monster mash. That was a big song when I was young. Yeah, I know. It always uh, it was like one of those sounds of Halloween. It's the only time of the year they ever play it in the radio. Yeah, of course. Like, like I played in February. Yeah, so. I pulled I pulled up today on my brontosaurus and uh, you know tied him to the the pole there <laughs> and uh, came on up. And then, hey, next hour when we start the show, start off with Vincent Price and then into Thriller. Yeah, got to play Thriller on Halloween. It's Halloween. Yes. Got to love that. Got to love that. Only day you can get away with playing it without having to pay a license. Yeah, well, no, I got it. <laughs> Move up on your mic there so I can hear you. I want. Well, if I can't hear you, the people listening can't uh, yeah, hear you. Yeah. We're not on yet, right? Now. Yeah, you're on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, you're on. No. See that red light? Whenever that red no. light's on, means your mic is hot, brother. <laughs> and you're hot right now. So the bottom line is that... Uh, Last night, our church had their Harvest Fest, and they had a good turnout. didn't rain all day, so everybody, I guess, figured they weren't going to get wet, and they showed up, and we had a few rides that people could get on and had hay bales and all that stuff, so the kids had a good time. Yeah. I think last year, here you go, Paul, I got a question for you. Last year, how many, how much candy was sold for Halloween? Give me a weight. Take a, take a guess. You're going to be wrong, so make oh, a guess. Probably. Um, 100 million pounds. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of close. Mr. Mark P. All right, uh, a million tons. Uh, that's that's un- that's over. Okay, it w- no, that's under. Seven hundred and forty-eight tons of candy were sold for for uh, Halloween last year. That's amazing. Where did it go? Because I never see any trick or treaters or anything. All my all my dentist friends that are listening right now are smiling. <laughs> oh, of course, are they, are they the major contributors to this holiday. See, they're, they're smiling right now because they're going to see all those kids here down in the next few months and. Yeah. Uh, getting their teeth drilled but the bottom line is a lot of candy sold i bought a big bag of candy yesterday you know, for what trick-or-treaters come by yeah. in, in my neighborhood it used to be when i first moved out there man we had kids all over the place that lived out there and it's not so much that way i got we had some kids move in this summer i got a couple behind me i got three to the right of me I got no. The guy across the road from me now is in college. <laughs> He's not a kid anymore. So there's a lot of there's some kids out there. So yeah. uh, I got a, pa- a bag. You know, I tell you where candy goes. Goes the same way it goes at my house. I eat it. Yeah. 
I eat it over the uh, next month or so. So did you take the dad tax back in the day? Like all the peanut butter cups went to you? No. I like the kind of candy that if you mention it now, people go, ooh. I like those peanut butter ones that... You, you know, you like buy caramel type. Yeah, thing. it's kind of caramel, and yeah, it's got, mm. they look brown, okay. Right, yeah. And you put it out, and it's got peanut butter in the inside. I love those. Is it a things. hard candy? Or no, it's no. soft candy. Oh, what do they call those? I, I like. About I forget that. what they're called anymore. Uh, is it one of those weird off-brand ones? No, like, no. It was it when I was a kid. It was like the candy that everybody gave out. You know, mm. there was two candies that they gave out when I was a kid. Type. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know which ones you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I hate candy corn. Uh, who, who likes candy I'm not corn a candy corn, corn person. Now, Brock's will tell you, because they're the ones that came up with it, yeah. that it's huge. People, kids like it. You know? But I never liked it when I was a kid. It's, it's something that's just a Halloween tradition, like a staple. I don't think anyone actually likes it, like fruitcake on Christmas. <laughs> oh, come on. No don't way. give me that look. I love oh. fruitcake. I, oh, no. I, I make my own fruitcake, and I, uh. I probably eat three fruitcakes over the holidays. No. I love fruitcake. That's so you, my, my choice in the morning. So have you ever tried candy corn with peanuts, though? Oh, candy corn with peanuts? Mm-hmm. No, never have. Do you drink a Dr. Pepper with it? No. No, I just wonder. It may not be a bad idea. Peanuts but, with Dr. Yeah. Pepper, you know? No, it's, it's an interesting mix. I, I think it ends up, what, I'm trying to remember what the, what the candy bar is that it tastes like when you put the candy corn with peanuts. But it's, it tastes like one of the popular candy bars. Um, it's not a Snickers. You're talking about the one that's got all the peanuts on the outside? It might be that one. Yeah. Is that Baby Ruth? No, not no, Baby Ruth. Payday. That's that chocolate Payday. Payday, yeah, okay. I can could, I, I could see that. I can see that because I'm going to tell you what, candy corn is nothing but sugar. <laughs> that is like corn. all it is. No, it doesn't taste like corn. Absolutely does not taste sugar like corn. Sugar with food coloring. Yeah, ooh. you know I don't like it. And now they got they got uh, they got candy corn pumpkins. No, oh, just giant candy corn. It's a little yeah, they're, they're shaped like pumpkins. Yeah, you know? they got ooh. those. It's just like you either like it or you don't. It's like at Easter time. You either like peeps or you don't. Ah, uh, yeah, never. If the flavor is sugar, it's not like strawberry or chocolate. No, but the flavor no, is no. just sugar. Even That's as a kid, it I didn't like it. It's got to have some, something going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear how much Twix are up this year for Halloween? You heard of, you know, you oh, know the yeah, inflation's yeah. going up. You know how much they're up this year? Oh, 53%. No. For Twix? For uh, Twix. Because that's because they got that. Well, it's probably because you got the left and the right machine. Oh, right. right. Do you you like the left Twix or do you like the right? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, that's totally. Anyway, just a a quick reminder tonight is Halloween. Mm -hmm. So when you're out and you're driving around, go a little bit slower. Be careful. Because those kids are not looking at you, they're looking at the next house that they're going to be hitting up for candy. And they're going to be running to it. And I mean, I don't have to remind anybody you live here, but there aren't a lot. There aren't enough sidewalks in Little Rock. Yeah. So uh, I mean, they're going to be walking in the street because there's nowhere else to walk. So keep that in mind and uh, enjoy. I'm. I saw my uh, my grandson was uh, 
came back on the phone yesterday with me, and he was wearing his Venom costume. <laughs> he was getting getting it all broken in for tonight, you know, and uh, he's going as Venom tonight, so Man. he'll have fun. So don't get too close to him. He'll, he'll just bite your butt. That's what he'll do. I don't wear any cool costumes like that in the 90s. I would have loved a cool Venom I may, costume. When I was did, a you kid. Buy, did you ever buy a costume when once, you were a kid? Um, one kid. One time. one time. Once I got one of those really cruddy Wolverine costumes, and it was one of those, like, uh, supermarket ones where you had, like, the little thin plastic apron that said Wolverine and Times New Roman text in the, the Did it front. come with claws? No, it just had a little oh, uh, plastic no. mask. It was crap. And by the end of the night, it, it had it completely shredded because, you know, those things are meant for one use. <laughs> Usually we, we just kind of like scrounged together our own costumes. Like one year I went as uh, the Invisible Man, so I had the bandages around my face and, oh, yeah. and sunglasses on, so... Yeah. That's cool. No, that That's was fun. Cool. But I mean, if it, like the kind of costumes they have now that are like so impressive and stuff based off like like Marvel superheroes and things, like ah, yeah. oh, where was this stuff when I yeah, was? Yeah, I didn't have any of that. I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I always went as a hobo. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, my dad had a, ho- a hat that I'd stuff paper in and I put it on my head, put black makeup on my face, you know, with yeah. you know, a, a pin, and uh, put on the. My play clothes. <laughs> I went out and you didn't go with the, the bed sheets with the two holes cut nah, out. No, I didn't do the ghost or anything like that. Didn't like that kind of stuff. No Charlie Brown Halloween for you. What about you, Paul? Did you dress up on Halloween? You know, I think we maybe did some of that when we were real little, but haven't messed with it in years. You don't remember what you were? I don't. Mm-mm. Oh man, Halloween was that. <laughs> so, is your last name Biden? No, no. <laughs> All right. How many states? Well, I can figure this out. Okay. How many states are there in the United States? 57. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he only said 54. Did what he? can I say? Yeah. All right. So 614. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what Biden said. He said when he came into the White House, gas was at $5. And when he went out to go uh, get Obamacare. I thought he said 57. Yeah. When he went out to, to try to get things fixed up for uh, medic, what was it, Obamacare, uh, he went to they went to all 54 states. All 54 states. states. All wow, 54 living states in the future. Doing, doing their thing, you know. Well, yeah, that's the one. That's, Why, where that's were the fact many, checkers? How come nobody fact checked? That's how many they. That. Well, they did today. Oh, oh Elon ooh, Musk did, yeah. yeah but, he got hit oh, hard good. about that. He better get used to that new thing going on at Twitter. I'm telling no, you that. They're, they're yeah. already trying to come up with a scheme. He already jumped up. Yeah. They already jumped on him about him. He was saying how many billion dollar companies they were that didn't pay any taxes. Yeah. And Elon Musk. Fact checked him. He fact checked Hillary too. He was wrong. Great. She oh, did he? Coming. Yep. He got her too. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. It's about time. <laughs> it is about time. Hey, don't forget about East End Towing. Uh, if something would happen tonight, you need a tow. Uh, it is Halloween. They'll probably show up in costume. They'll look like a towman. All right. Be careful. Anyway, no. They'll show up. They'll help you off the side of the road. If it's just your car, if you happen to have a trailer behind you, they'll help you get the trailer off. And if you happen to have a trailer with a boat on it, they'll get that off the side of the road as well. All you got to do is call East End Towing. Uh, They will tell you no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it and They've got all the answers for you. 501-888-8849 is their number. Again, 501-888-8849. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you with us. Happy Halloween from myself and the rest of my guests that are sitting here. Paul Calvert is here. Mark Pellegrini is here. And... uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, did want to just this first half hour. It is Halloween, so there's certain things that you do on ha- Halloween. 
Uh, today on uh, Turner Classic Movies, this evening, I believe, I've already gone through to look, and I, I, record, I got them set up to record. Uh, they're going to be playing a lot of the classic Universal horror oh, movies. Naturally. Uh, tonight, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Frankenstein, uh, Dracula, The Mummy, not the one with Christopher Lee, <laughs> the one that's got Boris Karloff in it, and, of course, uh, The Invisible Man ah, with Claude Rains. That's so a classic get all selection. No, yeah. Wolfman? That's oh, the they, yeah, yeah, the there Wolfman. There we go. The yeah. Wolfman there, Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah, that's they're, my favorite one. They're all there. Yeah, that was the first time that they let you watch them transform a person into a werewolf. Right? Yeah, I remember, I think the one before that was Werewolf of London, where he walks behind a pillar, and then when he comes out the other side, he's the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of cool. That yeah, they no, did it, it was. It was a cool effect. Yeah. They, 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 of course, it was not until uh, Landis and an American werewolf oh, in London cool. where yeah. they actually showed the transformation, <laughs> and then... A couple of years later, was that when The Howling came out? I think The Howling came out the same year because oh, what it? happened was an American werewolf, I believe, poached Rick Baker from The Howling, and they got a different um, effects guy. But they did two different kinds of werewolves, which I really like between those two movies. They're very different from each other. Well, I like the, the ones in a, uh, American Werewolf. Oh, uh, yeah, the big four-legged one. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. It's so cool. It's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be a regular werewolf, you know, and stand <laughs> up on your hind legs and tear the chest out of your victim. Yeah. You know, that's what, uh, what you're supposed to do. But... Uh, Another m- movie that was good about Werewolf, Silver Bullet. Oh, the Stephen King movie. Yeah, yes, that that's, was pretty that's, good. That's a good one. That's uh, which is it a Corey who is in that one? Corey yeah, Hain, he's in, and he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah and he, he shoots really a good. bottle rocket in the werewolf's eyeball. It's yeah, great. that's a good. That's good. Are you a, a horror movie fan, Paul? Not really. Not no. really. Yeah, we. You're talking to Mark and I. We oh, are. I on and on <laughs> We're big yeah. time in the horror movies. You know, I. You know, I have to tell you, I'm not a big. Benicio del Toro horror guy. Did you Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, you know, yeah, Guillermo. I thought yeah, said yeah. Benicio, the actor. No, I'm I'm not uh, Guillermo. I'm just not. I mean, Mimic is his best one. Oh, I yeah, thought, yeah. but he did so many. Didn't he do Chronos too? He did. That's a really old one. He did in Mexico. Yeah, in which I I'm supposed yeah. to be a great horror movie, and I'm going. Where's the horror? It's one of those movies where I think people <laughs> say it's good just because it's in the Criterion collection. I guess. It's really that good. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, he's a really great designer. I mean, I love the looks of his movies, but a lot of his movies aren't very good. I agree. Yeah, Sometimes agree. it happens that way. But yeah. he's, he did like you know like Pan's Labyrinth, which was less a horror movie, more of like... It was fantasy. Yeah, it was more of a fantasy that had some horror... It's a dark fantasy, that's what you call yeah. those kind of movies. And that one was good, but there are other ones. Like, I don't really like the Hellboy movies, other than the ones he did. I know some people love them, They're very first one I liked. Yeah. I thought it was all right. I I enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, I I don't disagree. I'm not an over-the-top fan of him. I like Ron Perl. That's my problem. Oh, yeah, Ron Perlman? Yeah, Yeah. I like him. He's a good character actor. Yeah, he pops up and stuff, yeah. And and they always give him small parts in movies that he where he can come in and yeah. chew the scenery. You know? Yeah, like in uh, Pacific Rim where he plays that one guy yeah. gets eaten and pops out at the end, but yeah. I got to ask you a question. You said something during the break that I kind of found kind of interesting. You didn't like Halloween Kills. 
No, I did not, because that movie is about 10 minutes worth of content and 80 minutes worth of filler. It's, it's all it's killing. So, That's what it's but supposed it's, to it's be. But it's not. The problem is that it's everybody goes to the hospital after, in the aftermath of Halloween 2018. It has a great opening with Michael Myers coming out of the burning house and slaughtering oh, all the firefighters. Gosh. But then the movie just stops dead as everybody's at the hospital like, oh, what do we do? What do we do for like 70 minutes where nothing's going on and they the funniest part is they they're trying to figure out like who is michael myers like they don't know who he is and there's just like this this little hunchback 80 year old man with long hair like look it's him it's clearly yeah, michael myers yeah, that yeah. four foot seven guy <laughs> it's just well, I, I think that what they were just showing there is how crazy people get i mean when i get, I get it afraid they could have done that in 20 minutes instead of uh, 70 minutes but i got but you got to agree the last what thirty minutes or forty minutes of that movie was just the when, slaughterhouse. When the mob goes after Michael, that was—I mean, we'd seen something like that before in Halloween Part Four, where they they basically shoot him full of holes and drop him in a river at the end, yeah. and, and throw a and throw. A I like when they cut him. his head off at the end of uh, Part Seven. Yeah, H two O, and uh, she cut. If the movie had stopped there, that would have been fine, but. Like this one, I mean, the, when the mob tries to curb stomp him and he just basically, like, <laughs> he, oh, when uh, he, he wrecks all of them. Up. Yeah, when, when he just wrecks the entire crew. Halloween ends. I, I think I actually like that one more because I, I know a lot of people don't like it because most of it's about this guy named Corey trying to be the new Michael Myers. Yeah. And yeah, I, I get that. But what the problem was that my problem isn't so much that. It's that they they chickened out in the last 10 minutes and then just Michael shows back up and he has this really dumb final confrontation with Laurie. It's it's like Halloween 2018. Laurie spends the whole movie building this death trap of a house you know, full of like uh, secret passages and, and things. And he still gets out. And he's still gets out but in, in halloween ends all apparently all she needs to do is drop a refrigerator on him and that's it he's well, done she had a, she she took and and pinned him down and then they bled him out yeah then they, they cut his wrist she took his I mask like off when they and, put yeah. him in the grinder at the, at the end. very end that yeah. was great just to make it clear that he's dead he's dead no more <laughs> at least for green yeah i they'll mean relaunch it again oh, they, i they, don't know how they'll make it happen but they'll relaunch oh, the it. halloween continuity is a massive of reboots i think we're on like our fifth timeline so far yeah yeah, so he got his three movies finished. I kind of like the the ending of it as he tried to end and end it. You know, yeah, it and, just kind of makes. Jamie Lee Curtis is not coming back. Well, maybe if the yeah. check is big enough. Oh, I'm sure, but by that point, she's going to be 90 years old. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> maybe she'll be the one. She'll be the one in the in the wheelchair, right? <laughs> this time, I I I thought it was interesting because I thought in Halloween Kills they kind of left it open. Whether Michael Michael killed her daughter or not, they made sure you knew right at the beginning of ends that she was dead. So there was a deleted scene that's only on the extended version. You had to get it like the DVD or something to see oh, it, where really? he kills her. Yeah, I know. It was one of those really gimmicky things where it's like, oh, if you didn't watch the movie on DVD and pay extra for it, you didn't get to see this important scene. That oh we talk wow, about I didn't see movie. that. Yeah, what yeah. I kind of liked is they went back. They did a lot of stuff in in ends that were from the first movie. I mean, exactly, except, for instance, the person that got pinned to the wall was a woman and not a guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? I love that scene in the first movie. It's one of my favorite scenes yeah, in horror and there's movie. no blood. It's all just shadow and, and yeah. darkness. Yeah, and yeah. he just pins him, and he, he sits there and, and looks sound. at him. Yeah, and sound. Oh, yeah. the sounds in the John Carpenter movies can't be topped, though. So no, he, learned, he learned from Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, yeah. When you saw Psycho... Mm-hmm. 
You saw very little in that shower scene. It was such quick yeah. cuts that you really couldn't tell what was going on. But they, they you may not know this, but uh, the, the sound effects uh, person took a uh, cassava melon yeah. and, a, and a butcher knife. And he stabbed that cassava melon a bunch of times and recorded it. And that's the sound that you get. And it's the sound of supposedly that knife yeah. going into her body. It's so distinct. That had never been done before, by the way. I mean, you can tell it doesn't. It sounds like a knife cutting fresh fruit, but for some reason, that just because you're familiar with that sound, it makes it extra like cringy. Like, oh, yeah. geez, I, I know what that sound is, and that hurts. <laughs> then he used Hershey syrup to pour in the bathtub, so you see the blood yeah. supposedly go down the drain. Yeah, black and white movie. Who's going to know? Right? Yeah, I couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. I watched a movie last night that I had I have never seen the whole movie. I had seen pieces but I hadn't seen the whole movie. And it was Peeping Tom. Oh, that's an old one. That one nineteen sixty. Yeah. Michael Michael Moore not Michael Moore. Another yeah. his last name is Moore, but I Sir something Moore yeah. that did the movie and he was a distinguished director. Now this is ni- I you gotta remember, put yourself in nineteen sixty, all right? You didn't call you didn't talk about Serial killers, you didn't, unless it was Jack the Ripper, you didn't talk about pedophiles or anything like that. And all of that is in this movie. It's yeah, it's a really ahead of its time film, probably too ahead of its time because it, it, yeah. it got. I think it got like banned and censored. Oh, they hated week. it. Yeah, but it was one of those movies where yeah, it's more like. It's not a slasher film, but it's also not an old-timey murder mystery. It's it's almost more like an Italian giallo film, yeah, which is really like right is. there in the, in the middle. And yet people kind of weren't ready for it yet. Well, it's interesting because uh, 1976, guess who it was his favorite movie? Scorsese. Oh, yeah, I can and see Scorsese that. And Scorsese yeah. restored that movie and re-released it. I might have to show that next year as a classic. I mean, that's one that I think most of your audience wouldn't have seen. So, yeah, probably yeah. so. All right, let's take a break. We're out of the Halloween. We come back. And uh, what's the mayor saying about all the murders in Little Rock? I'll tell you when we get here uh, from the, the news on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you didn't know it, Little Rock, Arkansas, set a brand new record yesterday. Unbelievable. Oh, boy. 70th murder of the year. Broke the previous record set back in 1996. Oh, during the Clinton administration. Yeah, well, during Banging in the Rock. Yeah. During that time. Let me read. I got a story here. This is from uh, THV. Uh, in the early hours of Sunday morning, the city of Little Rock experienced its 70th homicide of the year, where a 34-year-old man lost his life to an act of gun violence. Reaching this grim milestone matches Little Rock's, I says 96, it's 93, Little Rock's highest ever recorded number of homicides in a year. That last happened back in 1993. In response to the multiple homicides that have happened across the city, under the watch of Mayor Frank Scott, Jr., he made a statement. So what did the mayor have to say about all of this loss of life? He said that this is a tragic milestone, and it's one we must all pause to recognize as we further intensify our efforts to reduce violent crime and take illegal guns off the streets. Okay, now, so how is he going to do that? Is he going to get more cops out on the street? 
Is he going to put uh, more people in jail, and or is he going to maybe it's, b- it's build another a place lot of lip service? Him? I mean, I'm, I bet if you went, you could probably find a similar quote about the homicide numbers last year from him, and he didn't do anything about it. All right, they never do. Well, here's what he said: It's important to clarify the distinction. This is important. Now. Oh boy. Between the types of violent crime we witnessed with the rampant gang activity in the 1990s compared now when most violent crime is among individuals who are, are acquainted in some way. Okay, stop right there. Those gang busters, gang members, they knew each other. Yeah. They live in the same city. I mean, and the distinction, who cares? They're still killing people. Yeah, yeah. A distinction without a difference, but at the end of the day, they still knew each other. Yeah. The, 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 it's the same. Sounds like it. Anyway. Yeah, friends, yeah. enemies, well, doesn't matter. They know each other. Whether you were a crip or a blood or whatever <laughs> you were, you knew who the person was you are probably shooting. Because of that, here's what he says, because of that, We've put social workers in the field. Oh, I, I thought that was going to be a. I was going to make a joke about what we need are more social workers out in the streets. No. Well, well, he beat me to it. How about, how about this? We've funded conflict resolution programs for at-risk youth, and we've convened the Hope H O P E Council, a panel of experts that will make important recommendations on how to move forward with the prevention, intervention, and treatment programs. At the same time, we're putting uh, targeted patrols in high-crime areas, and we recently launched the Little Rock Police Department Real-Time Crime Center. LRPD is working diligently to bring justice for the uh, families of victims. I bet you I could bring some cops on as long as I could protect their identities, Man. and you'd hear just the opposite of what the mayor is saying. I mean, so this. if these are high crime areas that are known to them, why why are they just now putting you know targeted patrols in those areas? They, they, those should be the spots that have like the most uh, boots now on remember, the street. Remember, you know? this mayor has been mayor for three years, almost four what years. A bang up job. He's going. He's he's running for reelection now. Uh, the mayor also added that reducing violence will require a holistic and comprehensive strategy and that we must all work together to make our city a safer place. You know, it takes a, takes a village to raise a, a murderer. Uh, <laughs> candidate for Little Rock Mayor Steve Landers also released a statement regarding the city's 70th homicide, saying in part, quote, notice they didn't, they're not using all of his, just a part of his. Yeah. Uh, I want to help solve this problem, make our city a safer place to live, work, and raise a family. We all must be committed to that goal, election or no election, and no matter the cause, these killings have to stop. As a citizen of Little Rock, I and my family will do everything we can to bring this city together and unite around compassion, consensus, and cooperation. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 jeez. You know, sorry, Steve. Not enough here, buddy. I mean, all that all that talk, you know, they say like, oh, we're going to put, you know, more uh, police officers in targeted high crime all areas, et cetera. But we're, from both candidates, you know, you got word salad. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just the same old speech. Well, how about more cops actually increasing the number of them, not just 
maneuvering your available resources uh, around the chessboard into different areas, how about having them everywhere? <laughs> well, probably because you're having a, a heck of a time recruiting police officers uh, I, I, right I, now I, I, because I, I, of the way they treat police well, I, I, officers I think now. The, I think the, the statement when there's a holistic approach is maybe somewhat accurate. I mean, there, I think part of the issue is kids need to grow up with dads. When they're not growing up with fathers, I think that's... Oh, but they don't want to talk about that. The, no. the mayor will always say, it's the culture. Yeah, right. It's well, the culture. Uh, some of it's... Wait, that, Paul, that's partly it's true. It's a culture. That's partly true. He won't tell you what the culture is. <laughs> yeah, the, the culture of no fathers. The culture of... That's um, part of it. Of, the black family homes. imploding. And that's thankful. Thank the Democrat Party for that. Mm-hmm. I can take you... I can walk you through the history of that. I mean, uh, when, uh, you know, when uh, Johnson was president and they started saying that you couldn't have a black man living in a house if the woman was going to get uh, assistance, the women kicked all the men out of the house. Welfare queens, they're a real thing. But there's another thing that they mentioned. The first uh, quote, part of his solution, he was talking about creating some sort of like – Group for kids hope. or whatever hope, hope council yeah. whatever it, that is yeah no explanation so, it's some it. sort of like social group for for kids and families to be anti crime and good luck competing with you know mass media right now which does the opposite thing and glorifies that kind of stuff I mean I remember when I was a kid that the we would have these these jerks come into our classroom at school called Dare D A R E yeah, yeah, yeah. and they do a, a stupid song and dance about you know anti drug anti crime everything and as soon as they left all we did was make fun of them because they were so lame and so stupid and it had the opposite effect then we'd go home we watch a bunch of you know movies that glorified that and tv shows that glorify drugs and crime and things and if we were smart you know intelligent people we we knew not to do that but it ha- always had the opposite effect because as soon as they went they left the classroom not only were we, we making fun of them we turned on beavis and butthead and they'd be making fun of dare like the lame little wimpy kid would be wearing a t-shirt that says dare on it or something or you kenny know? or south yeah right exactly so these sorts of things they they don't work they're just they're lip service they're just to say that we're doing something you know positive Positive for the community, where like everybody's just laughing at them, and it's it's having the opposite effect. That kind of stuff is not helpful. Wasting money, yeah, that's well, really and, good, and what there, it is. But but there is there is uh, a lot of different things that, that government could do differently to make things better. One of them, I think, is economics. You've got um, you've got a lot of difficulties um, where it comes um, to people being being able to make a living. I, I, our occupational licensing is one of those things. I think you would have seen. 30, 40, 50 years ago, there was a lot of black-owned businesses, and there aren't now in many cases. And I think part of that is due to um, heavier regulation or else heavier enforcement of those regulations. And the, the There more- was a destruction of the Johnson program that destroyed uh, black businesses. Look, I lived in Gary, Indiana, and Gary, Indiana, in its heyday, was one of the most black business-owned areas around and by the time Johnson got through, uh, it was all shuttered up and closed. Closed. Totally destroyed. Yeah. I wish and I could repeat that, goes. that famous candid quote from Johnson, but I can't say it over the air, about yeah. how he'd have them voting for, you know, the next million years. They'll be voting Democrat for the next million years. Yeah. No, Sam Irvin said the same thing. Yeah. The man who uh, headed up the Watergate Commission, he said the exact same thing. And he said They used the N-word yeah. multiple times in that. But the thing is that, well, 
they get the majority black vote pretty much every time. So it's uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. You got you have a choice now in this election. You're going to vote skin color. You got a man that over almost four years hasn't been able to rein in anything. He changes everything. He blames everything on culture. He'll tell you that it's, I guess, that it's not uh, how many police officers you have on the street, which is exactly what it is. The more you patrol uh, in areas, the less crime you'll see in those areas. Exactly. When, so when, when people think that someone's looking over their shoulder, then they behave. When they don't think they can get away with it. And, and now this is just in general, you know, for people and not in specific group. But so Stephen King's quote about insanity and the way he defines it is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I mean, I look at a lot of blue cities and blue states where they just keep electing Democrats over and over again. And it just gets worse and worse. Like, oh, well, maybe if we reelect Lori Lightfoot this time, oh, you know, things yeah. will change. Maybe well, if we maybe do if it we this give her time, a 5 percent pay raise. Yeah, this time, you know, maybe if we get a maybe if we we vote for a different Democrat this time, things and they never do. You know, if you never voted Republican in your life or conservative and things have been just been going downhill and it's been Democrat, 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 maybe just try something different. Maybe what you need to do if you're Frank Scott is to call in Chief Stewart, who was a great police chief for the city of Little Rock, and uh, call in Doc, who's a great sheriff uh, for Pulaski County, and ask them what they did. He won't like what they say, no. but uh, they'll, they'll tell him. I've, I've been trying to get both of them to come on my show, yeah. and they go, I eh, don't want to get in the middle of that yeah. one, Dave. And I can understand well, that. I a, really do. I mean, everybody, remember when Giuliani brought crime in New York down for a very nice span of time? The crime in New York was actually a nice place to visit, a safer place to visit. Between like the 70s and the 80s when it was like a, an urban hellhole, and then mm. now, where yeah, it's even it worse, there was Under a brief Lindsay, span in the yeah. 90s, yeah, where it was just, it was nice. And then they they got rid of Giuliani. I mean, they didn't, because like, oh, your practices are, are racist or unconstitutional. Stop and frisk is bad. But it worked in it New York. It was also a criminal <laughs> offense. I don't, I don't think that yeah. should be defended. But yeah. the, the thing is that, that I think part of what helped New York fix their crime problem is I think it became such an incredibly wealthy city that um, that they ran out all the, the poor people, which crime tends to be higher in yeah. poor people. All yeah, right. but but I mean, it's it's still, if anything, the it's even more expensive to live there now than it, it was in the nineties, and yet somehow like the crimes just come back. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, but still, I think I think crime's still relatively low in, in New York compared to like Little Rock, yeah. which is insane. I think we, we've already per capita now per, per cap Little per Rock ca- is number one per it, capita. Also, yeah. we, we've already got uh, uh, thirty five per hundred thousand just already, and we've still got two two months left. Seventy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but 35 per 100,000. Oh, okay. Because there's, there's about 200,000. It, it's also condensed more around here in Little Rock. Little Rock's a lot smaller than most of the big cities. So to have so much of it centralized, you know, mm-hmm. in, in certain spots, it's kind of like, well, wow, that's, that's a lot that's true. Per like, like in yeah. Chicago, I think most of your crime is, is in South, South, side. South, yeah. South Chicago. I can tell you yeah. where it's at. Right. Yeah. And so that, that's, that's, you've got a giant city, but you still have, yeah. but you still have higher murder rates in Chicago, too. Well, I mean, probably sh- in the, we, we had 70 this year. They had 70 last weekend. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about PI Roofing. PI Roofing and Home Solutions got a new name. PI Roofing and Home Solutions because they want you to remember when you need a roof that you should call PI Roofing. 
But they also want you to know that if you need some kind of uh, construction done around your house, you need windows, you need gutters, they, they want you to call them as well because they do those things as well. And they do them with the same professionalism that they do with they work on your uh, your roof. Uh, PI Roofing's done all my roofing for me. I had them out this uh, just a week ago to tell me how much it was going to cost to take care of my deck. Haven't heard from them yet. Waiting for the the quote to come in from them on that, and then uh, we will move on, and I'll see whether I want to do it or not, or whether I need to, you know, have some kind of a back and forth with them uh, before we go. I had to. You got to ask questions when you get into construction things. Because sometimes they want to do some things that maybe you don't want to do. All right, so PI Roofing wants to say give them a call. Talk to them about construction. Talk to them about windows. Talk to them, of course, about roofing because they are your roof leak detectives. That's PI Roofing. Their phone number is 501-707-3115 or visit them at piroofing.com. Let me clarify something what I was saying about Steve Landers, and I called that word salad. Well, that's what part of what he said. Oh, yeah. right, they, didn't, they didn't release his the entire statement. It said uh, he also received it, uh, and uh, saying in part is what they had in the so sentence no before. So what he actually said. So I don't know everything he said. I just know what he said in one, two sentences. So I mean, if he said a lot that. more, and if we, you guys are listening, you know, just just uh, you know. You know, text me and let me know what you said. Here, either they could have taken it out of context by pruning it like that, or he could have said three paragraphs with only two sentences of content within them, which yeah, sounds that's possible. more like a politician. But hey, they 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 put all of King, all of uh, you know the Scott's. the mayor so Scott right. stuff. Yeah, the reality yeah, King is though, Scott. that media <laughs> is is known for getting things wrong or for yeah, just taking snippets I, here and there, and, and the reality. Yeah. Is he, like the, um, Steve Landers may have actually said quite a lot. It was actually it would have been actually quite effective, but they just quoted him in a couple of sentences. I don't before. trust the media either. Yeah, I mean, right. fake so, news, things like that. Here, here we yeah. are, the media. <laughs> but, but the reality is, is that, that who knows? But, but it is. It's a complex mm-hmm. issue. Um, I think it's it's not simply an issue of we need to do things. We need. But the reality is, we need to undo a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And part of it is generational. There, yeah. there are so many issues here that can't be fixed overnight. No, I mean, you, you they got, won't be fixed in our lifetime, too, is the sad part. The, they might get better, but they won't get fixed if we work hard. Right. right? I don't know that they're going to get better in our lifetime. I'm, I'm afraid yeah. they might get worse just yeah. because culture uh, is, is – society is falling apart from from a family standpoint. And I don't see it getting better at this point. I don't think yeah. we're going to see um, families improve a great deal on a percentage standpoint. I mean, right now we've, we've got – what is it – Around forty percent of the of the children being born today are born out of wedlock. I think, yeah. and in the black community, it's well, almost, are you saying that's bad, Paul? Well, it's not ideal. <laughs> well, it's but, it's also it's really hard to have a family. Said, no, that's it, not true. It, you're it, making it, it, gen, it, it you know, takes general. a village to raise a murderer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's 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 serious, and yeah. it's it's. I it's, mean, the cost of having a family is so prohibitively high. You either have to be very poor and be on government assistance to have a family, or you have to be very rich so you can afford to have a family. Well, There's no middle-class family well, anymore. Well, it is becoming a problem. And it is, yeah. uh, cost of housing is high. Um, cost, cost of, of food groceries, is going yeah. up. It's, it's, there's a lot of problems. Some of that is um, just market issues. 
some of it is um, government intervention in the in the marketplace that is that has driven prices um, too high. I mean. Uh, uh, I mean, there, there's there are political solutions like outlawing abortion. I think that's obviously a, a step in the right direction for encouraging families. Obviously, if we could reduce inflation, reduce real estate costs, make it make having a family more affordable, that would be an improvement. But how do you change something that's ingrained in in a culture? I mean, right now we, I think the gender divide, and there's only two genders, male and female. But I think the gender divide right now between men, women and men are is so wide. That how do you heal that? Because so much media out there just treats any interaction between a male and a female as like sexual assault, sexual abuse. Men are just afraid to even so much as talk to a woman anymore because they're afraid of what will happen. And that discourages any sort of meaningful contact. That discourages any sort of um, romantic uh uh, pursuit, and then of course you have like oh well you know you got Tinder you know Tinder yeah um, you can just do a one night stand swipe. And swipe left and then yeah swipe right and then you know have a one night stand and leave and that that uh, that encourages carnal um, intercourse but not romantic ones that could lead to families and how, that's a cultural thing and we have to discourage people from well I think and I, th- I think yeah. the concept of marriage in general has become almost obsolete in our culture it's, yeah. it's, it's it's vastly changed from what it would have been even 100 years ago yeah. and it's it's 50 years 50 ago. years ago or maybe even less than that at this point but the reality is is that in america marriage has become a glorified dating relationship yeah. and it's it's not permanent it's not um, it's not much different than dating rea- in reality. I mean, it's 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 more like cohabiting with a contract, yeah. Right, in, in, in a contract that's very expensive to break. Yeah, All right. and um, we're going to have to take a break. I did want to say one thing before we get to the top of the hour, and that is, Channel Sixteen, will you please get things settled with Directv? You know, couldn't watch the Cowboy game yesterday because they blocked you from showing it. How much How much longer are you going to go on with this crap? Haven't been able to see any of the World Series yet because they can't show the World Series games. Would you all please do something? All right, so we can. And what was really irritating is I got the NFL ticket, right? And if a local station is showing the game, I can't see it on NFL ticket. I got to watch it on the local station. But you on Channel 16 won't show the game, and they can't show it over on uh, uh, DirecTV. So I get screwed. Well, I'll just tell you this. No more Channel 16 until you get it fixed. Get it fixed. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I haven't heard them say a word about this. Be nice if you'd say something about it and tell us when you're going to come to some agreement with them. So the licensing fees, they're just being cheap? I guess, that, I guess it's what DirecTV wants to, you know, for to carry them or let them carry them or whatever. I don't know. I don't know who's at fault, probably both sides. But, uh, you know, quit peeing on each other's leg and get it fixed. That's all I know. All right, let's take a break. Then we'll come back. We've got uh, a, a guest with us. We're going to talk to Mr. Minter. He is, of course, Trent Minter is running for office, and he is bringing suit against somebody. I'll tell you about that when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. And you, my graveyard smash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can monster mash. Mash. 
Go ahead and dance. All right, I'll let you listen to this a little bit. Here we go. Halloween and not play Michael Jackson and Thriller. You got to play Thriller. That was that uh, piece of uh, video was uh, game changing on MTV. Oh, that, that was John Landis directed it. They had um, Vincent Price doing the narr- yeah. narration. They had Rick Baker on. It was basically a horror movie just done in like you know fifteen minutes because it was like a short film. Because Michael so was a good. big horror fan. He Man. loved our movies. What, what can I say? He liked a lot of other things that I didn't like, but yeah. I'll just let you know. It's You know, that's the thing. Is it's nice like to... Like sleeping with little boys. Uh, I, whether he did that or not, allegedly, let's just put that out there for your... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for your defense. But it's, it is kind of fun to go back to the 80s when Michael Jackson ruled the world, and you look at just how talented and how, oh, he how incredible, incredible he really was. Yeah, it always kind of blows your mind. I always like to... At my senior prom... Oh yeah, the Jackson Five played by. Oh geez, time. that's going way back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, when well, they came out and did Rock and Robin. Yeah. And All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got a story I wanted to pursue this morning. Here it is at uh, seven oh seven. We are eight days away from election. Election uh, the the big the big uh, election is on next Tuesday. I don't know if you voted yet or not. I have. I voted the first day that they allowed us to go to the polls because I knew who I was voting for and I knew how I was going to vote as far as the issues went in the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to vote for the uh, uh, you know they're going to move uh, the, the cost of um, your property taxes up. Uh, in Why Cabot, would you vote I, for I voted that? against that. They don't need any more money for the school. So they I'm did it. They're you. doing that during normal election instead of during a secret election. Well, they election? have to yeah. now. They've oh. been forced to basically. Oh. Well, it's a, is it issue one? That's the one about marijuana, which is no the, that's four. Four. That's four. Okay. That is such a bad piece of le- yeah. Oh my that's lord, ridiculous. that's bad. All right. With that said, let's talk to Trent Minner. He is on with us right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. And, and Trent, we're. What uh, what position are you running for, and what is this lawsuit all about? Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm running for a state representative, District 56, uh, here in Conway, Arkansas. All right. And uh, a group named Liberty and Justice for Arkansas. They've been around for since about April 2021. They uh, formed as a independent expenditure committee spending ads attacking conservative candidates and promoting promoting liberal candidates and they've run ads against everyone from Sarah Huckabee Sanders on down to people running for the legislature like myself and I noticed when they started running some ads against me a couple weeks ago that they had never filed even a single report required under Arkansas law showing who gives them their money and how what they spend their money on. So this past Thursday, I filed a lawsuit asking the court in Faulkner County to order this group, Liberty and Justice for Arkansas, just to comply with Arkansas law and uh, asking them to, uh, the judge to order the group to comply with the law or shut down their political advertising if they can't follow the same rules everyone else does. Yeah, state rules. I mean, these are state rules. 
Absolutely. So at the time they filed, the lawsuit was filed, there were four, there were three reports that uh, Liberty and Justice for Arkansas was late on, and a fourth one that needed to be filed soon. So after the lawsuit was filed, these uh, filings magically appeared on the Secretary of State's website. Um, three out of four of them were still late. But they're up there, so we count that as a win because it forced them to uh, have a little bit of transparency and play Good by for the same you. rules as everyone else. And so the judge uh, on Friday, though, issued an order denying our request for an ex parte order to shut off their political advertising. That just means ex parte, meaning just without a hearing, without the other side having to even show up, receive notice. It's a very extreme used only in pretty extreme situations. So the judge said that wasn't an option in our case, but declined to rule on the on the other request in the lawsuit. So we haven't lost, but uh, in my view, we've already won simply because Liberty and Justice for Arkansas had to go ahead and get those filings on the Secretary of State's website. Anything of interest? Have you looked at those reports? Anything of interest like uh, Soros money or anything appearing? You know, I haven't been all the way through it. I know there was um, over uh, an over half of everything that they've spent has been given to consultants. So, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good gig. 85% of all their money come from one husband and wife couple, couple that live in the great state of Connecticut, which oh, is wow. quite a long ways from here. And, yeah. Haven't fully chased down that that rabbit. Um, that might be after the election when I catch a little more free time. But wow. not sure why that out of state couple in Connecticut is so interested and in, so interested in races like mine going on here in Arkansas. But how much? I'm how sure much? We'll how much money have they thrown at them? So, I think it was over. I think that one couple was around a hundred thousand dollars. Hmm. I would have to check though. So. Pretty big money and spending pretty aggressively. Okay. Um, with some, I know. I know. I saw. I saw some know. ads on Facebook by this. Yeah. By this organization, and one of them, it sounds like one of the ads. It, it, from what I could see, it was it was basically defamation. What did the, they uh, say? So they, what did they say? They ran. Uh, they they ran two different versions of ads with me, and uh, they. They toned it down after I called them out after their first ad because it it pretty clearly met the standard for defamation, even for someone you know that's running for public office, which is a higher standard of defamation under Arkansas law. But I didn't when we filed the lawsuit. I didn't go down the defamation path. You know, I wasn't I wasn't there filing a lawsuit to whine about mistreatment by outside groups or the media or say, you know, they're saying mean things about me, mean things that aren't true. (laughs) It was really about respect for the rule of law. Everyone needs to follow the same rules, and it's about transparency and accountability. We either have these these campaign finance laws that require transparency, ethical standards, or we don't. It's as simple as that to me. So does somebody have to bring a lawsuit for whoever is in charge of making these rules to get involved? Bring a, law, a lawsuit uh, against... I'm not sure I, I, I understand. So yeah, I'll, what, I, what I'm saying is, evidently, there's a group 
here in the state that makes the rules about uh, the, these uh, ads and things, right? Yes. About not reporting, they're not reporting uh, so probably uh, your, your their information. Why is this group not being the one that's saying to the group, why haven't you turned in No one's in enforcing your, these rules. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And why aren't they enforcing right. it all? Are you talking about the ethics commission, I guess? Yeah, I guess so. They went after a state senator. Why can't they go after people that are filing their reports and lying in their ads? That's a good question. Um, but I do know at the, at the end of the day, the most the, Ar- the Arkansas Ethics Commission can do specifically is, I believe, the most they can do is find someone. So I think it's important that we're allowed to use the circuit courts, use the court system here in the state of Arkansas, and you know, to use it, not not abuse it, but when laws are not being enforced, the our circuit courts have the ability to order people to comply with the law. Well, I like I like that. I'm not I I don't have any problem with them. And if you saying that they defamed you, I think that you should sue their their socks off. But the bottom line is, there's a group that the ethics people should be taking care of this, and we haven't heard. Boo from them. You'd think that if these reports were due and they weren't produced on time, then why wasn't there something right. being done? I mean, if I'm late with my taxes, right. they're, they're on my on me like you know flies on honey. But you're yeah. late that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't. I just don't understand that. Maybe that should be questioned. Yeah, why didn't they lose their charter? Yeah, it'd be yeah. nice if the uh, you know the you make it into the legislature, uh, Trent. Make sure you you challenge that. I think that's worth. I think that's worth thinking through. Looking at our options, I think that uh, under our current laws, unfortunately, it's it's too easy for a lot of people to kind of pass the buck when it comes to enforcing. Well, and it, yeah, it, it is an interesting. Of, go ahead. There's just there's a lot of room for work there. Um, so it's one of those. It's it's an interesting situation because you've got a a, a corporation which kind of hides. Um, it, it provides some cover, if you will, to to activities. Whereas if individuals do it, they can be personally sued. But the corporation uh, this that um, that runs these ads is kind of a um, it's a it's a cover for people to use to shield them from some accountability. And when you don't have the proper reports going in, then it's harder to actually hold even the corporation accountable, which is a is a, is a weird thing. Anyway. You can't have different rules for different people, right? Uh, not in this country. You got to be kidding. <laughs> yeah, <man>. yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. In principle, you yeah, should. In, principle, uh, in practice, it's a different thing. Absolutely, uh, Trent. If you'll hold with me, I want to come back to you because I want to talk to you about how your campaign's going and what people need to know, and because uh, they're still going to the polls, and we want them to be, be uh, casting correctly. So you stick with us. Seven seventeen in the morning. Uh, don't forget about Pat Davis and what Pat Davis is wanting you to. Consider that they've got the health team, the uh, the uh, your health plan man team with Pat and his son and Corey's son-in-law, and they're going to treat you better. Uh, they custom build health plans. What's important to you? You don't look if you're a guy, you don't need maternity care. Okay, I mean, I'm, well, I don't know now. You might be a guy that identifies as a woman. But bottom line is, you typically don't need maternity care. Private health plans that pay you to go to pay you to go to the doctor, and are available all year round. Middlemen, you know, they uh, they take your money. They, uh, they, they get in there with these horribly inflated pricing. 
uh, and they take your money. But with your health plan, man, you, the client, get to take control of your health care decisions and you pocket the money instead of the insurance companies and multiple middlemen. Here's what they're talking about. Uh, your Blue Cross, Ambetter, United Healthcare, etc., maybe build $100,000 for a procedure that only costs $10,000. You pay the deductible and extra out of the pocket, and you get ripped off. And it happens every day. $500 uh, cash pay procedures get billed at $10,000 and more. You pay thousands that are not necessary. So give your health plan man team a chance. You know, go to yourhealthplanman.com, see how they can help you and how to stop getting ripped off by the health care system. Their phone number for you to call or text them is 501-605-6935. Again, that's 501-605-6935 or yourhealthplanman.com. Talking politics, what a big surprise here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Trent Minner is on the show with us right now. How's the um, how's the uh, campaign going, Trent? It's going great so far. Um, again, running for District 56 in Conway. Um, kind of East Conway, a lot of right? Good east, uh, and it gets out to parts of West Conway, and it goes north, all the way north of Beaver Fork Lake, actually. <laughs> so, it's got a little bit of everything. Kind of a, kind of a horseshoe shape. A little bit, um, but it's, it's it's a pretty small, compact district. It's mm-hmm. nice. I can get anywhere in it for 15 minutes from where I live. So mm-hmm. we've spent a lot of time out talking to voters, door knocking. Uh, that's the most that's the most important part of the campaign to me because every time I knock on someone's door, I always try to ask, tell them I'm I'm here to listen to you and hear about issues that are important to you. And that's how I learn. That's how I learn a lot of things and uh, about kind of what's on the mind of people in the district and the feedback's been overwhelmingly positive consistently over over and over people in this district are ready to have a Republican representative in Little Rock uh, you know if I was it's to the point where I, I would I would not want to be knocking doors around here as a Democrat I just don't think it would be a very fun experience okay so what are the what's give me the three main issues that they're talking about I probably can guess them but go ahead people uh, people are talking about crime a lot they're talking about inflation taxes and uh, that's and then I would say after that it's probably concerns about a uh, just different things, more progressive ideological uh, kind of agenda items that are being taught in schools or that they're just concerned might be taught in schools in the future. And to me, that's a great opportunity to talk to people about you know, the, what I think is the most important thing we can be doing in education, which is increasing parental choice. Yeah, that's a, that's a big yeah, issue that we talk about here on the show is, is we call it school choice or, or, or yeah. universal right. school choice. Right. That's where what parents, I where parents get the get the, the opportunity to make a choice on how they educate their children, which is a, a big step in the in the right direction, I think. Now, you had a question for yeah, Trent so, specifically. So with this <laughs> unfortunately named Liberty and Justice for Arkansas organization, one of, the, one of the things they were accusing you of was helping to draw the district maps for your own district at your own benefit. And from what I understand, you weren't involved in that at all. No, I was not involved with that. When I worked at 
for the Attorney General. I uh, was an Assistant Attorney General and served in the Consumer Protection Division, uh, going after con artists, businesses, scammers that defrauded and took advantage of Arkansas consumers. So about as far as you can get from drawing district map lines. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know that I was aware that the Attorney General actually had very much to do with drawing district maps. That was a legislative thing, wasn't it, mostly? There's three people. For the state legislative, for the state legislative lines, those are drawn by the Board of Apportionment, which is the governor, the attorney general, and the secretary of state. Okay. And then the legislative draws the congressional map line. So, and that's part of what some of this backlash is coming from. This is this is the first time, as you you know, you guys know, we talk all talk about it all the time, but. This is the first time that Democrats haven't drawn the line. That's right. 135 years, man. Mm. Yes, sir. Maybe maybe some sour grapes, something going on. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of maybe. that. <laughs> but, all right. But so, be, I think they'll be all right because we were for over 100 years. Okay. So you're you're at the point now, you're down to eight days for, you know, what's your, what are, what are you thinking about over these last eight days? It's the big push. This is. You turn up, you put your kick on if you're a long distance runner as you're coming towards the finish line. So, what are you going to zero in on? I'm trying to spend as much time as I can uh, knocking on doors and holding signs anywhere where I get to talk to voters and bring up differences between my opponent, Steve McGee, who's a liberal Democrat that's been in there for a decade. Um, I'm not sure which part people seem to dislike more, that he's a liberal Democrat or that he's been in office for a decade. Neither of those are very popular with most people in Faulkner County I talked to. But I want to make sure they know that he voted against the the, – he did not vote for the income tax cut in 2021. He didn't vote to cut the – eliminate the soft soft drink tax. uh, He's consistently taken votes to – you know, against lowering taxes, against pro-life bills, and against making government smaller. And I kind of think, what more do you need to know as a voter here in Faulkner County? Steve McGee doesn't represent the values of people here in Conway. He never has. He just sort of got away with it for how, 10 years. How did he vote and on that gender re- reassignment bill? He voted... Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of the way the the bill was structured. The, the bill was structured voted, to outlaw it. So if you voted, he voted against, yes, he voted against it. He voted against it. Okay. So he voted yeah. against yeah. outlawing gender reassignments. So he, yeah, he voted uh, for he children. Voted, for children. So he supported gender reassignments. He supported castration yeah. of young boys. Oh, what yes. a creep! <laughs> there we go. All right, we appreciate yes, you, Trent. We're going to let you go and get back <laughs> to work, and you have a great day. All right. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Y'all. Appreciate it. All right. Trent uh, Garner, or pardon me, Minner. Minner. Uh, district, 50, right. district, <laughs> district 56, correct? Oh, we yes, missed. Sir. Okay, thank you 56. very much. Okay. Just yes, want to so make the, sure. So vote vote Republican. I've been saying that for a long time. You got. We got. You can't keep beating your head against the wall uh, and uh, be voting for the other party, and you know that they don't believe the way you do. Or at the very least, don't vote to increase your own taxes. Yeah, <laughs> that means not voting Democrat. Yeah, if you if you make it if it's hard for you to vote for a Republican, just don't vote then. That's how you vote for a Republican. You can do that. Yeah, <laughs> just the way I look at that. Yeah. So anyway, just don't vote for him. That's well, the way it yeah. goes. If you make it a policy not to vote for evil criminals and yeah. 
I mean, if I see on the ballot that it's just Democrat versus Democrat, then I just don't vote for that part of the ballot. Yeah, yeah I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. All right, but make sure if you're an educated voter, not, not a low-info voter, as Rush would talk about, but make yourself, make sure, make sure you go out and vote. Vote. Uh, and I won't, you know, I don't know if you vote your conscience and... And, and you're screwed up in the head. What can I say? That's just the way. I mean, it's, so the way it goes. we got you said eight days, right? Yeah. So here's what I do: just go yeah. online, find the ballot. They give you a test ballot, print mm-hmm. it out, and then just research the names. You can you can Google them, you can DuckDuckGo them, whatever, and especially for the ones that are like if they're undecided or something, and just figure out for yourself if you want to vote for them or not. All right, Bill O'Reilly is up here in just a moment. We'll get to him, and then we'll be back to finish up the 7 o'clock hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. Hey, in Florida, uh, this from the National Review, the Florida Board of Medicine and State Board of Osteopathic Medicine have approved a plan to ban puberty blockers and sex reassignment surgery as treatments for transgender minors in the state. Florida's decision comes in the wake of the United Kingdom closing its sole gender dysphoria clinic, the Travstock Center, following an internal investigation that found that the clinic pursued a, quote, unquestionably affirmative approach, unquote, and pressured staff to embrace a blind acceptance of such treatments. And I bet you, if you tra- uh, checked in before they said, no, we're pulling in the rain some, when you checked uh, Vanderbilt University, uh, I don't know if anybody's done any kind of checking of UAMS. I know they do transgender stuff. Mm-hmm. be nice to find out what they're saying about it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one, it's one thing... To really help a child or a, or parents or whatever, that perhaps your child really is uh, suffering from dystopia, which can be treated, by the way, uh, and uh, being an affirmative member of saying, well, we need to get them on puberty blockers immediately. We, we need to castrate the young boys, you know, get the penis scissors out, all of that kind of stuff. Now, we, you There's know, a lot of problems that kids have that can be resolved by talking with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one thing where, like, oh, you're th- this eight-year-old is sad. Instead of giving him Prozac, maybe sit down and talk with him, find out why he's sad, and try to change what's going wrong at home. Um, if your kid is eight years old and they think that they're a woman trapped in a boy's body, maybe the, the answer isn't to give them chemical castrators and surgery and things like that. Maybe it's to talk with them and discuss with them what uh, genders actually are and try to inform them. Well, right. maybe they need to you know check the school and see what the school yeah, what the school teaching. teaching. Exactly. And, 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 and you you brought up earlier that that you know the suicide rate is astronomically high among some of these transgender people, and I think part of that is because you've got psychologists and psychiatrists who are licensed by the state. It's a set of credentials that should mean something. But the reality is when these people are, are, um, are going to get help from a psychiatrist or a, or a, or a psychologist, and the psychologist um, basically encourages them in their, in their, um, um, their delusion, in their delusion and then, then we wonder why these people are having high suicide rates. The reality is the, we've got some of these psychologists and psychiatrists who are quacks. Yeah. They, they are charlatans. They should not have a license to practice medicine. In reality, the license to practice medicine is fraudulent, or practice medicine, but practice their, their, their craft. And, and it's, it's, it's dangerous 
that you've got these fraudulent people who have no business giving advice and um, and, and, um, and assistance to some of these people who have these um, gender dysphoria type issues, and, and then then we wonder why the suicide rate is so high. Well, they have these these academic authorities who just keep encouraging their fantasy and telling like, no, this is the way it is. You're correct. Everything you're doing is right. This is what you want. This is what you need. And then they go out into reality and they find out reality isn't what what their academic authorities have told them, and they can't handle it because the world isn't the way that these people have told them. And then that's when they just they give up. And it gets even worse when you bring in these. Like gender reassignment surgeries, when somebody has their has their genitals, you know, disfigured or removed, ir- irreversible damage, yeah, and, and there's no going back and, after and, that. And especially with children, yeah. children need help because they're not very smart. Yeah. I mean, how if we didn't have parents directing us when we were four or five years old, how many of us would have survived? I'd have a tattoo on the side of my face or something dumb like that. You know, right. like there's a reason your mom won't let you get a piercing until you're 18 or a tattoo. It's because you're too stupid to, to make that right, kind of life right. altering choice. Right, right. <laughs> or you'd be smoking pot or whatever yeah. else it is. And and it's, the reality is, children need guidance. They need they need adults to tell them no. They need yeah. adults to give them good advice. And when a child. Um, comes to you and says, you know what, I, I, I know I was born a boy, but I, 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 I want to be a girl. The, the response is, no, you're a boy. You're going to be a boy. For the, you're going to be a male for the rest of your life. If you live long enough, you're going to be a man. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're never going to be a woman. And that's, and that's the reality. And you don't need to feel bad about this. You don't need to worry about it. And who, who was talking to you about that, by the way? We need to talk <laughs> yeah. to those people. And, and, yeah. and we need to figure this out. If, if your child is confused about being a male or female, then you need to be talking – you need to figure out who's been feeding your child this mess and, um, and get to the bottom of that. And maybe you need to keep these people away from your child. That's the thing. But in some states, that's illegal for parents to do that. Now, I, now that if you don't support your child's desire to gender reassign themselves, no matter how young your kid is, your kid could be in first grade and they want to gender reassign. If you don't support that, that's considered child abuse so and it, CPS can separate you from your kid. So is, did you say that was in, in Iowa? I'm thinking or? it's Iowa or in, Indiana. It's surely, Indiana, I believe. Surely yes. not. Is it just proposed legislation? Or you think it actually passed? I don't think it was legislation, and so I think it's going to court right now. You think but it might have been like a, I think I think it was a school district acting uh, on their own, and now it's it's uh, hmm. going to the higher courts. But that's crazy. That's the thing is but, like yeah that these you you have to be aware of what's being taught to your kid, and now it's not just alternative history. Now it's like if you don't fight back, you're not going to have a choice. You know. No, I'm sure. Well, that's where a lot of changes came was during COVID the lockdown. If there's one thing that came out of it that was good, it's that parents started seeing some of those online courses that their kids were watching. They could sit in the classroom yeah, with their kids. Yeah, and it was not good. They were like, say what? Are you tell- <laughs> what are you what are you teaching my children? Yeah, and right. they got uh, they got upset about it. I mean it goes beyond just that. Sit down with your kid. I mean, you, you sit your kid in front of, like, the Disney Channel and just assume, oh, it's Disney. It's wholesome family fun anymore. from the 60s. Sit mm-hmm. down with your kid and, and watch some of those shows with them or Cartoon Network. Sit down and watch an episode of Steven Universe with your kids and see what you've been setting your kid in front of for half an hour as your babysitter while you're off, you know, making dinner or doing something and see the kind of stuff that they're telling your kid. They get that from their popular media. Then they go to school and they get it from their teachers. They go online while you're not supervising and they get it from their social media feeds, even though they're too right. young to be on that and kind even of if they're not getting it from their <laughs> teachers in the school, they may be getting it from other students. Other students who got it from someone else. Yeah. I don't know, you know, how much that's really talked about. 
uh, amongst youngsters. I, there has to be a certain age that they're not even speaking about. Well, they don't that. even care. I mean, yeah, there's there is a point. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we all, all we talked about was like X Men and Ghostbusters. We didn't talk about you know stuff like like gen. Like then that wasn't even a topic back then. But you know, similar topics around in the '90s. We didn't even talk about that. You're a little kid. You don't care about that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I, they I, are putting the they're putting the idea in a little kid's head. They're they're planting the seeds yeah. in them so that when they are the old teachers enough, are to talking care. about yeah. it. I mean, they're having there's some schools that have you know uh, drag gay queen. gay uh, uh, parades around the school. Drag and queen story time is the yeah. is the big one, and that's where like a kid doesn't know what a drag queen is, but they're putting the seeds in the kid's head to think it's okay for a man to dress as a woman and identify as a woman and try to normalize it. And when those kids get old enough to uh, think about things like gender and sex and that sort of stuff, they've got that seed in their head from when they were a little kid and they yes. went to drag queen and story and time. For people my age, this is not like Milton Berle. Okay, for you who no. might still. Milton Berle used to do the whole woman thing a lot. A lot of comedians did, but those, yeah. those were done as satire for yeah. gags. The you joke know, was that it was a man dressed as a woman. That, yeah. yeah, that you were doing something that was just absolutely Outrageous. ridiculous, yeah. you know, that you would do something like that. But uh, now it's not called ridiculousness. No, yeah. they're normalizing it. Yeah. yeah, you're exactly right. All right, before we go to break, Glamour Magazine's Brazil Woman of the Year was awarded to. A man. Uh, A trans male. (laughs) This week, Glamour Magazine's Brazil franchise announced the winner of its Generation Glamour event honoring women. Now, let me, let me, I mean, this is so ridiculous. I mean, that we're even talking about this. They're honoring women, and they give the award to a man who thinks he's a woman. There's not so. going to be any space that actual women can compete anymore. I'm not thinking, <laughs> Not even yeah. in beauty pageants, apparently. <laughs> Out of 15 categories, two of the female-focused awards went to trans-identified males, including Woman of the Year, uh, and I won't even try to pronounce his name. He was a male social media influencer, took home the top award, despite the fact he has stated he does not identify as a woman and does not believe women exist. What? Oh, he should be a Supreme Court justice. You apparently. heard me, yeah. <laughs> you heard me. Uh, oh, my word. The Daily Wire reporting on this said the guy identifies as a gay man or a transvestite a commonly used term in Brazil to describe men who dress like women but who do not identify. So even though as he didn't women. even identify as a woman, they still let him compete in the women's uh, competition and he won. Uh, there you go. You, you got know, it. That's what all about making a, a wow. social media statement, not about any sort of uh, political it's, it's just crazy yeah. stuff, man. It's cr- the world we live in. Is absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. All right, Billy Mack wants you to know you need to get involved with ICU protection. I have now for months, uh, and I like their protection system, the security system, the alarms, the monitors, the door and window sensors, the indoor and outdoor cameras they got. I like all of it. Man, I, I go to my home at night. I arm my uh, system when I go to bed, and I got to tell you, I feel a lot more comfortable than I didn't because the um, stuff that's going on uh, here in central Arkansas isn't just staying in uh, the urban areas. It's moving out into the suburbs. It's happened now in Conway. It's happened in Cabot. It's happened all over the place. So you need to take the steps you need to take to protect your home and your business. Billy Mack will tell you, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pay for the service. But you're not going to, they're not going to ask you for a big check right up front 
like a lot of these companies do because you got to pay for the equipment. You don't pay for the equipment. The equipment is yours. From the moment it's installed, all you have to do is pay for the service. Remember that ICU Protection is the company who takes care of Nuke One, and if they can take care of a Nuke reactor, they can take care of your home or your business. So call Billy Mac today. Talk to him about getting uh, his system all set up. I've had no problems with him. I really love this guy, and I really like his uh, business. 501-205-1333. That's Billy Mack and ICU Protection. So here you go again. Glamour Magazine's Brazil Woman of the Year awarded to a trans male who has stated he does not identify as a woman and does not even believe women exist. Well, they, that means how, they, did, how did he get here if women don't exist? Well, that's the thing. is That means that they gave him that award not because they had any sort of convictions about transgender. That's a political that. They just wanted to make the statement, oh, you know, a man dressed as a woman won the, uh, the award for best-looking woman. Oh, clap, clap, clap. You know, and they just basically found a transvestite and installed them in the first place. Yeah, uh, yikes. What can I tell you? So President Biden... Claim Democrats campaigned in 54 states for Obamacare. Wow. Uh, he did that yesterday, and just a couple of days before that, he said that gas was $5 a gallon when he was elected, when it was only $2.35. So which states did he uh, campaign in? Like, Calisota? I don't know, man. New Dakota? <laughs> probably. So, so, probably uh, so Puerto Rico, was it, Washington, <laughs> D.C. Was it uh, Reagan who said, well, not that Democrats are ignorance that they know so many things that aren't true that's right that's, a very, that's true it's very yeah. true here's what you got you got uh, joe biden this from town hall and let me full you know ex, you know uh transparency town hall owned by salem media who owns our radio station uh took needs to take a few history classes after the embarrassing mistake he made during the pennsylvania democratic party reception during his speech, uh, Biden claimed that Democrats campaigned in 54 states in 2018 to defend Obamacare. Rob Schneider, the yeah. uh, former comedian and now political analyst, I guess, said Biden says there are 54 states in America. Next speech, he'll explain the eight. Uh, 81 million votes. Yeah, right? And it could have just been a slip of the tongue. Well, and all of us do that from time to time. I think Obama said said 57 states at one point. 50, yeah, okay. And, and, and that, to be fair, it was probably a slip of the tongue with him yeah. as well. But, but, the rea- but the reality is is that, that, yeah. He also quoted Sanford and Son by quoting the Jeffersons. <laughs> I mean, yeah, things like that happened. But just remember during the Trump administration where every single little thing he did turned into a yep. week-long media outrage. When he took a sip of water during a speech, that was a huge thing. We had two scoops of ice cream. That was a huge thing. Now we have a president saying there's 54 states, one, one who, who's doing stuff in front of green screens, you know, and stuff well, like that, and, and they don't and, say a word. And there's, there's been some stuff, even back during the campaign with Biden, there was I can rem- remember one ad that had obvious um, verbal fumbles. Basically, yeah. it was it was just stumbling through his words. And this was an ad that they probably spent maybe millions How of many dollars takes on. Did they get to do I mean, that? Right? It's like yeah. you know, all of us kind of stumble in our speech a little yeah. bit when we're speaking. But if we're gonna if we're gonna do a, a four million dollar ad campaign, you know, yeah. we we retake it. Yeah, just right? so we can sound. Smooth. It's like they did how many takes, and that was the best they could get. That, that's what I'm wondering. It's like. That's the best you could get. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it, it made him look like he was um, just slipping. 
essentially. And that's not hard mm-hmm. to do. No, well, that's the thing is everyone says like, oh, you know, I'm, af- I'm afraid like Biden did this. Biden said that. Biden's going to do this. Biden's going to push the button. Biden. Biden's not doing anything. It's his his cabinet that's making all the choices and all the. And yeah. what are the, what are his hand what will his handlers his do? Handlers do. Yeah, Biden's and just he's he's basically so dementia ridden. Yeah, his wife's doing or whatever it might be, but but. For crying out loud, do we do we actually want him out of office? Do we want the next in line? By I the mean, way, by the yeah. way, let me just remind everybody: this is not unique. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, if his wife is having an an over ability to be involved in the what's going on in her country, Woodrow Wilson had a stroke mm-hmm. when he was in uh, you know when he was president, and his they know now historically. That his wife was signing the legislation, not him. How much? How much of Bill's legislation was Bill, and how much was Hillary? Yeah, that's yeah. a good right. question so, so did, as well. Did she have acting power of attorney? No, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> Does that transfer into? It, it's not the first time that wow. uh, uh, they have kept that kind of stuff quiet mm-hmm. uh, when it, when it's happening. Yeah, some of that stuff just kind of crazy. I think wasn't it several years ago that some guy running for governor of Missouri? I think died just before yeah, the election. Yeah, his wife took and, and over. And they put his wife in, into office. It's like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Is, they, that, they, is that how they the order voted her. <laughs> They voted her into the Senate, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, they it, just got rid of her not too long ago. Oh, is that how it goes? It doesn't go from president to vice president. It goes from president to first lady to vice yeah, president. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I think in this, yeah. in this case, the guy, if you, if you die before the election and, and, and you get the most number of votes... Okay, so these voters voted for someone who's dead now, <laughs> who's dead even on, on election day or whatever. And they didn't vote for his wife. <laughs> no, they didn't vote for his wife. That, that's just insanity. But, but yeah, and but we're not necessarily talking about smart people. No, no we should we need or, to be principled people. You now the smartest people are those small town people who elect like golden retrievers as their mayor because they're smart enough to govern themselves. <laughs> we should think about well, that. Well, I, I think it's one of those things that man, for crying out loud, city governments are just out of control yeah. in so many cases. I mean, and I, I think we're getting to the point where um, information has has sped up so much that a lot of these cities could probably just be dissolved and allow county government to handle um, right. everything that needs needs to happen on a local level because so many times these city these cities become so oppressive to people well it, it's once you give someone it's power tripping once you give somebody even a little tiny bit of power that they can exert they, don't others, give they it will up. not give it up and they will like exploit it to the utmost well it, it, it's 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 one of those things it's like it's kind of like the um, the homeowners association concept. Well, I don't like my neighbor he, um, yeah. having a parts car in his in his yard that he because he's poor, yeah. and so we're going to run that guy off or or, or, or like find the, him or, or and so yeah. it's under, and it's understandable in a, in a homeowners association. It's a voluntary thing. You uh-huh. you buy into it, but city governments are very different. They're, they're they're not voluntary. They're involuntary. They actually annex people's property against their wishes sometimes. The, these are government organizations, whereas the um, homeowner associations are private organizations. Yeah. It's a contractual private organization, and they're different. And But in many cases, the city governments want to have power similar to the homeowner association, but they have more power. They have yeah. police power. They can arrest you if you don't comply with them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a big problem. These city governments are out of control. They need to be reined in. In many cases, they just need to be shut down yeah. and, and allow county governments to, to take up the slack, if any slack needs to be taken up, just because. Yeah. Yeah. Here recently, I mean, the biggest 
problem I've had is uh, they took uh, Arkansas Game and Fish and gave them the power of being like sheriffs out there mm. uh, in the counties. I don't yeah, think that that's right. Yeah, they see right. you fishing. They can come by, where's your license? You know, <laughs> well, to, and that's, that's, that's unconstitutional for them yeah. to do that sort but of thing. But they can come into your home now. Oh, yeah. They can come in. It's like the British with the television license. They can come into your home. You know, we want that. Like, oh, I see you, you're watching TV. Do you have a license to watch that TV? They do that in England. <laughs> you want that over here? <laughs> All right. We're out of time, guys. It's been a pleasure today to have you on. A lot of good topics that we covered. Uh, we'll see what the mayor, uh, what his next excuse will be for the spike in murders in Little Rock. 70 as of Sunday. That breaks the record that was set back, a record, not a record you want to talk about, but 1993. All right. That's incredible. We're done. I'll be back with David Ray at 9 o'clock. so weird that you played that Heidi a theme from uh, Halloween I went to uh, the butcher shop for dinner Saturday night and they had that playing in the background that was kind of weird but yeah we had a good time all right David Ray going to be with us here in the nine o'clock well half hour from nine to nine thirty here on the Dave Ellswick show David how you doing today I am great Dave happy Halloween to you and um, I don't know if you have any trick-or-treat plans but i've got a five-year-old uh, little princess that's dressing up as elsa and a two-year-old dinosaur that's dressing up as a t-rex so it'll be fun tonight yes uh, it will be crew. yeah i've been i've been reminding people as they're driving around to be careful because the little ones will not be paying attention to the cars they're they're yeah. going to be zeroed in on on house doors so they can get candy Yes, and those are things you don't think about quite as much until you have kids, and then it's on your mind constantly. Yeah, it is. It def- definitely is. Yeah, I saw my grandson. He's, uh, they moved over to Oklahoma, his first real Halloween that he's into, and uh, he's dressed up like Venom tonight, so he's, he's ready to go. That's great. His, That's his, great. His, his mom was telling me, my daughter was telling me, well, we don't have a bucket for him to put the candy in. I said, just get a pillowcase. That's all you need, pillowcase. Yeah. Tell him to That's fill right. it up. <laughs> I think one year I think one year my parents made me use a Kroger bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All you need is something to carry the candy in. Don't matter what it it's is. Like the, it's like the start of one of those Jeff Foxworthy, uh, you might be a redneck if Jeff. <laughs> that truly is. It is that. All right, let's, so let's talk, first of all, how, how are things going for you? Did, did you have anybody who was even challenging you this year? 
I do. I have a Democrat opponent uh, this November, but, you know, I'm working hard to win. And, um, you know, from knocking doors and talking to voters, um, you know, I'm getting great feedback from folks. They're, um, you know, they're pleased that, the you know, they voted for me two years ago to go be a leader in the fight for conservative values and issues. And um, I, I believe I've delivered on those promises, and, and um, I'm excited for Election Day coming up. Well, good. I, I know we only got eight days left. I'm sure that you'll be glad when it's uh, done and over. Uh, you'll be more happy if you win re-election, which I don't think you're going to have much of a problem doing. And, uh, you know, this is going to be probably the most well, I won't even say probably. This will be the most conservative legislature ever in the history of Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have 79 or 78 out of 100 Republicans currently in the House where I serve. And it would not surprise me at all if we come back with um, 80 members or maybe even 81, 82 members. Wow. Uh, that's certainly within the realm of possibility just depending on how some of these um some of these swing races play out well i'm feeling like well go ahead go ahead well there's some areas that are winnable now that were not previously winnable just because of how the redistricting shook out and there's you got some you know some democrat incumbents leaving that make some races more winnable for us so um, I feel good about it. We've got some great candidates, and I'm excited about the freshmen that are coming in to join our caucus. I think we've got a lot of good conservatives there. Yeah, a lot of good conservatives. I'm very, very happy to see what's coming. And then you got people coming back. you got, uh, you know, uh, folks like Carlton Wing coming back and uh, joining up with you guys. It, it's going to be a good year. It really is. I'm looking forward to January 9th when you all start convening again for the General Assembly you got some big big issues that are facing you guys absolutely um you know i fully expect us to continue uh lowering taxes like we have done the past seven years especially on income tax i'm hopeful we can step that up and take it to even the next level um school choice is is something that we've made very incremental progress on but i'm i'm hopeful that with a new governor and a new legislature coming in Um, we can set our sights even higher on that. And then, you know, I think the legislature is determined to get a handle on the criminal justice problem, uh, the crime problem that's plaguing our state and our country, and fix some of these laws that allow, you know, violent repeat offenders to just walk free after serving merely a fraction of their sentence on parole. That's something I'm working closely with our next attorney general, Tim Griffin, uh, to figure out how to how to get a handle on well you've been with tim for a long time david and you know as well as i do he 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 has been speaking very bluntly about what needs to happen here in the state to make uh, this state uh, a much safer place and something has got to happen to help uh the central area of of uh, arkansas for you know you look at what's happening in little rock uh 70th murder over the weekend ties 1993 during you know banging in the rock and now we got big time problems and uh the uh, the uh, pardon me the mayor comes out and what does he say oh we need more social workers and things of that nature and you know first what you need is you need a you got to get the police that that you need to take care of the crime uh, that you got 
that going on in the streets of, of Little Rock, and he just don't get that. I don't know why, but he just doesn't get that. Well, he's not up for the challenge, clearly. I mean, he campaigned on a promise of expanding the police force, and he's not even attempted to fulfill that promise. Um, Dave, I don't know if you saw, but this morning I tweeted out the – I retweeted someone who had uh, pushed out the results of a new poll in the mayor's race, and it showed Steve Landers within one point of Frank Scott. Good. So it, that, race, that race is neck and neck. Um, Steve Landers could win um, on Election Day. And it's an opportunity that probably isn't going to come around very often. So uh, folks who are listening that want to do something about the direction of Little Rock, um, this is your opportunity to do that. Yep. Got to go to the polls. Got to vote. You can't win unless you vote. So get out and vote. And I got to tell you, I think some of the people up in the Heights and areas like that here in Little Rock that had... uh, been uh, had leaned towards uh, the mayor in the last election that may not be the case this election because the the crime has got up into their area and when it gets up into their area it starts affecting them they have a, a much uh, a bigger play in this than when it's all happening in the urban area yeah look this is a nonpartisan uh, municipal race. This is not R versus D. This is this is competent versus incompetent. That's what's at stake here in the mayor's race. And yeah, Frank Scott's a liberal Democrat. Um, I don't know exactly what Steve Landers' politics are, but he seems like a competent businessman. And it wouldn't hurt this city to have competent leadership, that's for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let me get a quick break in, and we're going to come back. I want to talk to issue two with you. I know you're, su- you know you're supporting it. I did not support it. We'll talk about our differences of opinion on that, and then we'll continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 914, David Ray is with us. He's a, he's a friend. I've known him for years. I like the guy. He does good work. And he doesn't have to worry about Sturch this year. So, uh, well, I thought I would get a laugh out of you on that. <laughs> well, I thought we were going to break. I didn't want to cut in. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We'll take a break uh, now, and, and then I'll let you talk about Sturch here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, don't forget about, uh, you know, uh, our folks over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I just got done this weekend working with Eric Coleman about these Christmas gifts that I'm talking about that I'm getting for my wife and myself. Uh, again, keep it under the QT, all right? Don't uh, be telling her about this. I know she's not listening right now, but the bottom line is I went to Eric. I wanted to have something that uh, reflected our faith, and uh, I uh, am a Judeo-Christian uh, follower. I, I follow the Messiah, and uh, he was a Jew. So I'm, got the, uh, I'm getting a Star of David uh, for both of us, made out of uh, sterling silver. And then in the middle, uh, in, the, in the hole of the Star of David, there's a cross, and then it has uh, little chips of rubies, you know, two on the horizontal bar, one on the vertical uh, uh, bar, and uh, to to uh, reflect uh, the Messiah and how he, he came to die for all of us. So that's our Christmas gift. And I got with uh, Eric about two and a half weeks ago to talk about this. And if you're wanting him to do something unique with a, uh, and create something for you, I know that when I talked to him, he had 10 or 11 jobs already lined up. And, uh, you know, if you get much past 
close to Thanksgiving, he's not going to be able to to handle all the the work that goes into to making something unique. So go see him now and, and get that set up. He's at three thousand Cavanaugh, open Monday through Saturday, ten to six. And uh, Eric will talk to you and get everything set up. Now, if you want to do it by phone, you can. I suggest that you do it, you know, eye to eye, face to face, because. There's less chance of screwing things up. He's at 3,000 Kavanaugh, Sweet E, but 501-246-3655 if you want to talk to him. Over 40 years of experience, highest quality jewelry around and services that you need. He'll clean your jewelry. He'll repair your jewelry. He'll uh, sit down and tell you what your estate jewelry is worth. All you got to do is... uh, meet with him. That's Eric Coleman, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. 20 minutes uh, after 9, uh, we got one last segment here with David Ray. Good to have him on the show today. He's He's been a great conservative for many, many years. Worked with Americans for Prosperity for some time. Has worked with Tim Griffin for some time. Has been elected uh, an elected official, a state rep for uh, a couple of years. And he's done good work uh, as far as I'm concerned. And I think as far as other conservatives are concerned in the state legislature legislature as well and like i was telling him you don't have to worry about sturch now uh he is gone well maybe we'll get the special election bill passed i hope so i sure hope so that's got to be one that we we do uh this year all right so issue two you've been a uh a a, a, a not an opponent, but a proponent for it. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit th- about that? Why are why are you uh, sure that issue two is the way to go? Yeah, so I was the the lead house sponsor for issue two that'll be on your ballot this November. And what it would do is very simply, it would raise the threshold for passage of future constitutional amendments and initiatives from 50% to 60%. Uh, The reason this is a good idea is twofold. Number one, it's entirely too easy to amend our state constitution. Um, Our our state constitution is our our charter, foundation, bedrock document, and we shouldn't amend it in sort of a willy-nilly fashion, you know, four, five, six times every two years like we currently do. Um, The problem with doing that is a lot of bad ideas end up passing into our state constitution and then it becomes almost virtually impossible to change them and the liberals in arkansas have figured out that they can't win elections Uh, they can't pass their ideas through the legislature and so they're taking their radical agenda to the ballot box and they're not doing it just in arkansas they're doing it across the country you see this in california in oregon in all the states that have uh, loose laws relating to the initiative process. And so that's what they're doing here with recreational marijuana. You can rest assured that in the, in the coming election cycles, two years, four years, six years, I guarantee you they're going to uh, try to rewrite the rules of our elections. They're going to push for ranked choice voting, which is what took down Sarah Palin in Alaska. They're going to push for jungle primaries to get rid of our Republican primaries to make it harder for people like uh, conservatives like me to get nominated. And they're going to uh, pass so-called independent redistricting reform, which would uh, basically redraw all the lines in a way that's more advantageous for Democrats to win legislative races. 
Um, they're doing all this because they can't win at the polls. And uh, the way it works in Arkansas is we have one of the most lenient ballot access rules in the country. And uh, big money, out-of-state liberal billionaires will come in, spend a million bucks, which is nothing to them, to hire canvassing firms that will go around and gather signatures. You probably see them as you're trying to pump gas or buy groceries from time to time. Um, They'll harass people into signing these petitions, and then... Um, Once they get these things on the ballot, they often have very deceptive and misleading ballot titles. And they come behind that, and they pump in millions of dollars in deceptive advertising. They say things like, recreational weed is going to be great for the police. Those are the types of lies they tell. And then um, they, uh, you know, it becomes a contest of who can spend the most money in the last 60 days, which is really no way to... There's no way to amend the Constitution, in my view. Yeah, I tell you what, that on issue four, by the way, which I voted against, I've already cast my ballot. And uh, the thing that I didn't like about it, well, there were several things, but the number one thing was that it literally takes any responsibility away from you all to oversee recreational marijuana. You you guys would have literally no say whatsoever, which means the people have no say over that bill. It's written by the growers and they want to make the billions of dollars and they're and you're right, they are. They're lying and they're spent outspending the other side about ten to one right now. Yeah, absolutely. And this is look, this is what they push. Uh in, in Oregon two years ago, Proposition 110 passed. Most people probably don't know what that is because it's in Oregon. But remember, what happens on the left coast ends up over here in eight to ten years. They decriminalized two years ago via valid initiative. Uh, they decriminalized heroin, cocaine, yep. and meth. I mean, these are hard drugs, and it's fueling their homelessness problem in Oregon. It's gotten so bad that a Republican has a legitimate chance to become governor of Oregon. And so these left-wing states on the West Coast, they're ruining themselves through the initiative process. I'm trying to just put in place a common-sense guardrail that would say, look, we're still going to preserve the initiative process here in Arkansas, but we're just going to put in place a guardrail that says, look, if we're going to use this process, there needs to be more genuine consensus among the voters. Things ought to be... Things ought to pass with 60% rather than 50%, and that will protect us from some of the abuses that we've seen both here in Arkansas and in other states. And that's why uh, Tom Cotton and Sarah Huckabee Sanders and uh, the Democrat Gazette and Farm Bureau, they've all endorsed Issue 2. Um, so I'm hopeful that folks will, will get out and vote for Issue 2. Um, when they cast their ballots. All right. Now, as far as the uh, this piece of, uh, I don't know, I, I, I always call it legislation, but this initiative that you're talking about, Issue 2, uh, yeah. um, from what I understand, 60% on anything that's going as far as the Constitution initiated acts. Uh, am I right in what I've heard that citizens who come forth with that it's 60 percent but if it's put forth by the legislature it's 50 plus one so issue two would apply equally to both legislatively referred and citizen initiated measures now um the legislature 
doesn't have the power to refer initiated acts. Only the citizens can do that. So that's what some people have criticized. But here's what they're missing. Initiated acts are not regular laws like we pass in a session. They can a regular law can be amended with fifty percent of the vote. An initiated act takes two thirds majority, a very high supermajority to to amend at a later date, and it it rarely happens because the legislature historically has tried to respect the will of the voters. Um, that's why after the minimum wage increases passed. Even though there were some common sense exemptions to small businesses and things like that that made sense, it was virtually impossible to amend them um, because the threshold is so high, number one. And number two, the legislature tries has historically tried to um, respect the will of the voters on these things. So similar to a constitutional amendment, initiated acts are very difficult to change once they pass, unlike the regular lawmaking process, which is the same in virtually all 50 states. So, um, and the initiative process is susceptible to the same um, abuse by these big money out of state uh, liberal billionaires that we're trying to put the brakes on. So that's why it applies to both. But as far as things that are referred out by the legislature, it would apply to those as well. And as you know, Dave, I've been an opponent of a lot of things the legislature's referred out, whether it was the half-cent sales tax that's now in our Constitution, unfortunately, or whether it's the so-called ethics amendment by federal prisoner John Woods that gutted our term limits Mm -hmm. laws. So I I believe believe very firmly that it should apply to both, and that's why I read it that way. All right. I I voted against it. I'll let you know, David, and one will disagree on just because two years ago— uh, the legislature made it more difficult to get something on the ballot. And I thought, well, let's take a look and see how that works. And if it works, then we don't need to tighten it up in other ways as well. So, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go with the people uh, unless we find out that uh, all this money can uh, come in and flood into the, the state and still can get this stuff on, on the ballot. I, um, You know, I... We came close to keeping issue four off the ballot, but the Supreme Court has uh, ruled that it would be on the ballot. But that was my main argument uh, dealing with uh, issue two. I hear you. I respect that. I view this as a belt and suspenders approach. And if 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 we if issue two fails, if issue two fails, I guarantee you, Dave, you can write it down. You can play this back. They are coming for our elections. The liberals will come for ranked choice voting, jungle primaries, and independent redistricting. What they can't win at the what they can't win at the ballot box, they will try to use this process to usher through. All so, right, David. I, I gotta up. go. I'm against the wall. Thank you very much for being part of the Dave Ellswick show. You got twenty five minutes left today on the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, tomorrow, got a good show for you. You won't want to uh, be missing it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, you know, voter fraud in the first half hour of the, the, of the show. Uh, we'll have uh, Simone here as well. Bible Guy's going to be here at 7. You make sure you, you send in your questions. We've got uh, a few to, to deal with already, but uh, we could use a couple more uh, questions. You send those to Bible Guys at Salem LR. 
dot com, uh, and uh, we'll get to those questions uh, tomorrow in the seven and in the, the nine o'clock hour. I need to check my calendar. I don't have it right in front of me, but we'll have some people on uh, during the nine o'clock hour. Don't forget, Roby Brock is going to be on with us on uh, Wednesday at the nine o'clock hour. That'll be a fun dis- uh, discussion with him because we'll only be six days out from election day, and we can uh, find out what he thinks about all the different races that are going on here in the state. Uh, Big deals going on in Washington, D.C. right now. Big, big deals. The Supreme Court uh, is uh, going to be uh, probably deciding and listening to the arguments that are being made right now. It's going on right now. Uh, And that that is uh, the whole thing about should education be absolutely colorblind? Should affirmative action be stricken uh, away from uh, universities? They're going to hear arguments in two landmark uh, affirmative action cases uh, involving Harvard and the University of North uh, Carolina. Equal education activist groups rallied in D.C. yesterday as the uh, Supreme Court may be prepared to strike down a long-standing precedent of using race as a factor for admissions in the university system. The high court is hearing oral arguments today uh, in Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard and Students for Fair Admissions versus the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. The landmark suits argue that the universities unfairly discriminate against Asian American student applicants. The two cases could put in jeopardy a 40-year practice by universities across uh, the, the country. Asian American and educational rights organizations held an equal education rights for all rally Sunday in support of the plaintiff students for fair admissions. Quote, if the Supreme Court forbids the use of race and ethnicity in college admissions as it should, the the opinion might begin the restoration of our nation's constitutional colorblind legal covenant. Rally uh, goers argued these policies were racist and discriminatory. Some carried signs that read, fix K through 12, do not scapegoat Asians. Uh, judged by content of characters and not skin color, and my race should not hurt me in admissions, unquote. Ward Connolly, president of California's for Equal Rights and Americans for Civil Rights Institute, called the university system, quote, the only public institution in our society that is allowed to discriminate. That's wrong, so I say to the court, do the right thing and correct your mistake. Others accused universities of trying to cover up failing education standards in K-12 schools after the nation's report card revealed 30% of 8th graders are functionally illiterate and only 27% of students were proficient in math. It would push American society to focus on the real issue here, which is failing K-12 through education in too many black and Hispanic communities that is the root cause of lack of racial diversity in higher education. Uh, that was another 
uh, person that was a president of the Asian American Coalition for Education was talking to Fox News. Several speakers noted affirmative action policies were unpopular with minorities. Uh, citing a Pew Research Center poll last April, which found 68% of Hispanics, 63% of Asian Americans, and 59% of blacks believed race and ethnicity should not be a factor considered by colleges. You know, what what has happened in the past is that uh, they'd ask you what your race was or what your ethnic background was, and when you marked it down, uh, they they had quotas that they wanted to meet at these universities. They wanted X amount of black students uh, in there, uh, and maybe you, you didn't get as many Asian students because they did better in school, and so the kids with the higher marks on their tests didn't get in where kids with lower marks on tests did get in. High school and college students shared how they had been negatively affected by affirmative action policies in their schools, but one anti-affirmative action uh, person received vast media attention in 2015 when he claimed he had used these practices to his advantage by pretending to be black 20 years ago to gain entrance into an elite medical school, despite holding a lower GPA than the average incoming student. Uh, Coquel Ingram has said and used his story to speak out against race-based admissions, but he said it would take more than one Supreme Court decision to achieve their goals. He went on to say the next battle is going to be enforcement. He stressed the importance of getting support from Congress to pressure the Department of Justice and Department of Education to enforce any ruling by the court. That would be interesting to see if you can get the Democrat Party to back what they're saying here because they've been, uh, you know, big, big uh, pushers of uh, affirmative action for black students. Several lawmakers and politicians have voiced support for their cause. Ted Cruz, Senator of Texas, and California U.S. Representative Michelle Steele of California led 80 of their colleagues to file an amicus brief in support of SFFA last May. During the rally, speakers also read statements of support from Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North Carolina, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears of Virginia. However, not everyone agrees these practices should be stopped. Over 100 Harvard students will travel to the Supreme Court uh, to show support for their school's affirmative action policies in a rally funded by the university's undergraduate undergraduate association and civil rights groups. Uh, these students say race-based admissions are necessary to maintain campus diversity. Boston University professor Jonathan Feingold called the current administration admission policies a quote modest tool that promotes more neutral objective and merit-based admissions 
I don't know where merit base comes in uh, to this. If you happen to have uh, or be a certain color, uh, you have a better chance of getting into school. That doesn't sound like it's uh, merit based at all. He warned that if the court overruled the previous rulings upholding affirmative action, they would be symbolically lending, quote, Credence to the contestable claim that race doesn't matter until the moment a university formally sees it and accounts for it. He added this uh, claim would stigmatize anti-racist efforts to reckon with race in America. The battle over affirmative action in universities began in the 70s. The Supreme Court ruled in 78 that schools could not use racial quotas in their admission processes. In Regents of University of California versus Bakke, race criteria in admissions has long divided the court. Uh, George Washington University professor and legal scholar Jonathan Turley explained to Fox News, Quote, race criteria in admissions has long discomforted the justices, even some who have voted to allow its limited use. Since Bakke, the court has handed down a series of fractured and often conflicting 5-4 or uh, plurality decisions. Turley added that the new 6-3 conservative majority could bring greater clarity to several areas with long-standing 5-4 divisions, citing the recent Dobbs ruling. Uh, Monday, the court's going to hear oral arguments from both universities and the SFFA. They are expected to hand down the decisions on this consequential case in uh, 2023, sometime uh, before June in 2023. I mean, look, uh, Robert Steinbach, who appears on my show regularly on the Dave Ellswick Show, has been uh, saying this for a long time uh, over at Bowen School Law when he's reported that Bowen School Law uses, of course, affirmative action, uh, letting in uh, a number of black students into uh, the uh, uh, the uh, college for get make becoming a lawyer, and uh, they have they've said, look, we we've lowered the uh, uh, the, the the students' uh, GPA that are black to, so that we can get more black students in. But here's the problem, and uh, Robert has uh, talked about this consistently, is that these students then graduate from the school, but they can't pass the bar. So what do you do then? Are you supposed to have some kind of affirmative action uh, in the bar? I would think not. Whoever is going to be uh, in front of uh, the judge for me, I want them to be the best that that they are, not somebody who uh, didn't have to score as high as everybody else uh, to be able to to win a case. It's just it's crazy. Uh, I've been against affirmative action for a long, long time. Uh, And if we're going to get what Dr. King wanted, where we judge a person by the character of themselves, not by the color of their skin, we got to quit, you know, know, giving other people breaks because somehow they got to have. I think that's the worst case of discrimination personally. Is that you say to somebody, well, we know that you're you're a certain color or you're a certain ethnic group, and uh, because of that, uh, we're going to give you extra credit just because of those issues. And I think that that 
is wrong. I mean, over in Tennessee, they don't do it any longer, but they wanted to have more black uh, state patrol officers, and uh, there were state patrol officers that were getting higher scores uh, but were kept out of going through the school uh, to be a, a state patrol officer because they had lower requirements for some uh, minority members. So it's just something, and that's that's not the way it is anymore. So keep them, I mean, they take the test, and uh, because you were a certain uh uh, you know, ethnicity, or you were a certain color, you got extra like two, three, four, five hundred points on your uh, on your score of your test. All right, a break. Then we'll come back, finish it up for Monday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget again tomorrow we will start off with uh, Dinesh D'Souza at six thirty-five. I don't want you to miss that. He's going to talk about elections and his latest movie and now his latest book. So we'll talk to him about that and the Bible guys tomorrow at uh, 7 o'clock. You won't want to miss the Bible guys. And uh, if you have a question for them, Bible guys at Salem LR uh, dot com. That's Bible guys at Salem LR uh, dot com. All right. We just got a. A few minutes remaining here. Let me remind you about East End Towing and what they can do for you. Uh, If you find yourself on the side of the road, uh, they will make sure that you are uh, taken care of. And and that's what you definitely, I know, want to do is to make sure that you can uh, get out there and, and, uh, you know, be taken care of. I mean, if you're driving... Yeah, you're always thinking about what am I going to do if my car breaks down, but what if you you're pulling your boat and the trailer breaks down or you're pulling your camper and your camper breaks down? Well, they can handle all those things as well. What happens if you're out driving, you get one of those big old like Winnebago type ones, uh, it's going to class A, uh, they can take care of that as well. But you just got to call them, 501-888-8849. Again, 501-888-8849. That's East End uh, Towing. You want to make sure that you let them help you out as far as as, uh, that goes. So uh, I'm just thinking... I'm looking at a story that uh, I wanted to talk to you about. I'm trying to get all the information on it and uh, right now i haven't found it and uh, anyway i can talk off top of my head about this one there was there's a school system up in the northeast in uh, in uh, in vermont that has allowed a a young man to go into uh, the girls locker room he does not identify uh, as the opposite sex. He's just a guy going into the locker room. And uh, one of the uh, uh, girls at the high school complained about it. Said, I don't want a boy in the girls' locker or locker room at all. And I forget what sport she played. Probably volleyball since it's that time of the year right now. And uh, the... Uh, the school gave her a week off, said she, she, she couldn't talk about it. Now, when do schools decide that students can't even talk about something? 
I mean, I've never heard that before. Well, then on top of that, uh, her dad is a, a coach at that school, and uh, I think a soccer coach, if I'm not mistaken. And he started complaining about that they had given her a week off because uh, she was, you know, questioning what the school was saying. And the school said, you know, be quiet, quit talking about it. She didn't. She got a week off. Uh, got a week suspension. And that can, you know, that can negatively affect you in all kinds of ways if you're trying to go to college and things of that nature. You're going to want to find out why you were given a week suspension. Well, the father then was told he had a two-week suspension for doing this. And so they have brought this to court now. They're suing the school. And I personally think they're going to win. So we'll have to, to see how that all turns out. But this is what happens when you have people that are, uh, they make their minds up that this is the way it should be, and they get to the point that they don't even want you to talk about it. You can't even discuss it in the halls of a school. And that, my friends, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is wrong. I'm a big speech, free speech kind of guy and if uh, you want to say you don't agree with that i think you should be able to say that you don't agree with it bottom line i mean i just it just catches me completely off guard uh that uh, this is what uh this this school uh is doing uh to these folks and um, schools have gotten out of hand look they've they're they're you're serving us we uh, allow you to have our uh, our children to do things, but we expect you to do things right. Like I said earlier in my show today, uh, if there was a, a positive out of COVID, it was that they, they uh, shut some of those schools down and went to um, online learning, and parents actually saw what their uh, their children were being taught they hadn't seen that before suddenly they saw it and they went whoa that is not what i agree with at all all right time for us to get out of here i just wanted to finish up with that tell you that schools are now telling kids you can't even talk in this in the in this in the hallway about this stuff and if you do we'll give you a week suspension and if you're a father even if you're a teacher and a coach We'll give you two. All right. I'm done. Little Munsters music for you as we go out. Have a happy Halloween. Enjoy the time out with your kids and getting them some candy. And Dennis, rub your hands together. You'll be uh, taking care of cavities here in the next few months. I'm I'm Dave Ellswick. Dave Ellswick Show. See you tomorrow at 6 a.m.
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.